Now, on, t- on top of the gardening, I'm off. You know, I have two sons that I gotta, you know, have show them the life as well. So. What are their names? Maybe they can at least listen to this part if you want to give them a shout out. Uh, Colby and Casey. <laughs> okay, yes. awesome. Hey, Colby. Hey, Casey. Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, my, t- my, my sons are pretty much raised in it for the most part. They have been, haven't they? Their whole life. Um, I don't smoke around them ever. I don't, like, ever um, put it in their face or any. Like, I, for the most part, I don't wear this type of stuff around them or to school or, or anything. And you're just, like, and honestly, so you're wearing, like, just a main tree shirt, just yeah, so people know. But you this know? is so pretty much the, the, where <laughs> I draw. I, I have this necklace. They bought me the chain, and then I bought the pendant. Yeah. Which is um, a little marijuana leaf. Yeah, is. so um, that's the only thing I really wear as far as uh, the culture goes. Um, and I, you know, try to show the utmost respect to them. I don't, you know, that's going to be their decision when they're mature enough and old enough down the road. And you so. don't want them. I, I can see that too. Where some people wouldn't want. You know, who knows what the kids at school are going to make for comments that they see. You know, they get, yeah. they, they, oh, your dad's a marijuana guy. You know, no one's. A, some people are comfortable with it, but I can see where some kids are. It'd be easy. That's to, cool to some, but to others, it can be a little bit embarrassing. And there's no shame in that for someone that's that young. They're really absolutely. just trying to figure out what everything and is I always, in life. So. I always think it's. I always think out there like about all the growers that have kids and stuff. Like, how funny is it if, like, some of these kids, like, go, go to school together, probably? Oh, absolutely. And, like, and, like, and, like, like low-key, it's like, I wonder if, like, you know, some of these top growers' kids, like, are, mm-hmm. like, are bumping elbows. Like, <laughs> and then I was like, hey, do you ever, like, smell that? Like, I don't know. Like, they come some, like, come to a realization of, like, Something's going on over at Dad's house. You, yeah. know, you know what I mean? Like, but we're, and we're having fun. We have a lot of fun over there, you yeah. know? Well, it's like, I, honestly, I carry sometimes like I don't share anything on my Facebook or like my Instagram for the most part. Me neither. Yeah, right. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not, and it's not because it's not for the college, but it's also because, like, I'm a coach. I'm pretty involved in that community, too, that I'm in. And I, I have a lot of, like, past kids that follow me. And it's not anything, like, I don't care about it. Like, I actually what do you preach. Coach? Sorry. I, I coach alpine ski racing. Oh, yeah. nice. I yeah. Know that. So oh. I'm the head coach for high school. And I, I just recently, I, I'm also going to be working at St. Joseph's College. Um, as the assistant coach there. So, yeah, so that's gonna, yeah, it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. So, but it's one of those things, too, where I have a lot of parents, and I know some will feel some type of way, and I don't want them to broadcast it to any of their – because, like, I don't let any of the kids that I'm currently coaching uh, friend request me or anything. Mm. I just don't think that's appropriate. Yeah. But, like, I have uh, some parents, and I know that some of them would feel some type of way, and I don't want them to, like, tell their kids and make it seem awkward or them to be hypersensitive. You know, for Christ Almighty, if I'm having an actual dry eye day after skiing and stuff, because I don't wear goggles, you know, I don't want some parents to be, like, looking at me weird, and it's like, you know, no. You know, I've just been skiing with your kids for two hours. Come on, you know? Like, so that's that's where, for me, I can get where some people have a line that has to be drawn because there is assumptions that some people are going to be are gonna make instantaneously. Oh, yeah. There's still going to be that stigma. Mm-hmm. And who knows, the, the teacher that, that your kids could have, they'll instantly start making those connections, and no one wants that. And it, there's it, some people, I feel like, are so instantaneously to pick up the phone and, you know, call. It's it, all it takes is. I, I had some growers that were really concerned about their kids going to school and like a teacher calling DHS because a kid might accidentally smell like weed after harvest. Um, I got a funny story about that. Uh, when my son was like eight, nine, my oldest. <clears throat> so when I first started growing indoors, eight years ago. Oh no, this is actually he was like five. Now I think about it. The, oh, so it's eight years ago that yeah, happened. Yeah. yeah, eight years ago. Were you in ha- the same area where you are right now? I'm sorry. I know I was in Westbrook growing out of in a, in a, in a spare bedroom in my apartment. <coughs> yes. Um, so uh, it was my first time drying inside my apartment. So I, you know, I had a carbon filter and everything, but I really wasn't aware how much the cannabis smell will just stick to everything. Mm-hmm. And I was a stay-at-home dad. I raised both my kids at home. Um, so I sent them off to school. 
So he goes to school. He, you know, now it's three o'clock. I go to pick him up off the bus, and he gets in the car, and all I can smell is the herb that you know, like off his house, clothes. Off his clothes. And you were like, uh oh. I was like, uh oh. So yeah. like for the next like month or two, I'm just in my house waiting for DHS <laughs> to show up. <laughs> Nothing happens. So I go to school for like a little, you know, parent teacher thing or whatever. And I just was out right with the, the teacher about it because she asked what I did. And I told her, I'm like, hey, if he ever stinks, I'm sorry, but I, I am licensed, I'm legal. She's like, you'd be surprised actually how many kids come in right. here stinking like we. We'd be calling all the kids' parents and we, we wouldn't right. have kids in school. <laughs> think, what what yeah. did you think when you heard that part? <laughs> I was like, yes, I am God. off the hook. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I still like did my thing to make sure. Welcome to the main podcast. I'm here joined today per usual with Xavier on the ones and twos, host KLAN70, myself, Headstash207, Main Trees, and our guest host. I kind of said that the wrong way. Let me rephrase that. Guest host, slowly but surely, and our guest for today, Main Trees. So let's dive right in though. You know, give us a little bit of background about you, where you're from, and you know, really what got you into the cannabis scene. Uh, so I'm originally from Westbrook, Maine. Um, I grew up there my whole life, um, leading up until about five years ago. Um, I my, raised both my children in Westbrook. Um, and when I ri- originally started growing cannabis was after um, my first child. I stopped working in the uh, delivery industry. I drove a truck for a while, just mm-hmm. wasn't working out. Which is probably Somebody- a weird mix when you think about smoking cannabis and driving a truck because there's always a little bit of paranoia like if i get into an accident while i'm driving a commercial vehicle oh, yeah, who knows absolutely. what the hell is going to happen the they're going to crucify the, me the, i was just driving trucks that required a regular license so there wasn't, yeah. wouldn't be anything major i probably would have just lost my job <laughs> did but, somebody introduce <laughs> you to the idea of growing though that's what happened well to me. no um i guess i knew about growing just on the low. how i grew up with my father um i had a father who i had um he wasn't really involved in my life very much, but I have several interactions with him, and some, most of them involved around cannabis when I was a teenager, yeah. especially when I found out what it was. Um, one of my interactions with him, I was speaking about before, was um, I walk, came to his crib and uh, walked, walked up to his, uh, the back of his house unannounced, and he was just standing there with like 2,000 little solo cups with all you know, little sprouts. All laid out. All laid out. And I was like, yep. whoa, I know what those are. <laughs> you know, and he's like, hey, if you keep your mouth shut, you know, I'll hook you up in the fall. You want to cut? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, a little hush money. Fine with me. You know, and he was, he was, um, I knew him as he was part of a uh, biker gang, the Iron Horseman in Maine. And he used to do a lot of growing for those guys. So as far as I found out through my aunt, um, so they had distribution and network. They were yeah, all set yeah, up. It was an grow, organized move. From, from what I yeah, discovered, they would do that once a year. They'd grow a giant crop, you know, sell this giant crop off to these bikers, make a bunch of money, and pretty much sit cool for the rest of the year. So we, but you had a pretty cool story, too, that I wanted you to elaborate on. Or if you wanted to retell it, you said oh, you want to touch on it. It, it oh, has to my, do oh, so with my, the Pineapple Express, the movie. So my dad and my uncle, they were the ones who did a lot of work together. My uncle, Saul was a big time cannabis uh, distributor in New England. Um, And him and my dad would smuggle each 70 pounds a day from Mexico to San Diego, from San Diego back to New England. 
and they made a lot of money doing that. And then uh, <laughs> that's baller. that's a great network. Yeah, yes. that's a great network. They did that. That's a not lot. easy that's to do. Yeah, they so. made a lot of money. Like so much, like so much money that uh, even what years were these roughly? Uh, late nineties, I'd say like ninety seven, wow. ninety six, pre nine eleven. So they were making yeah. so much money that my aunt and so, my uncle had an apartment on Forest Avenue, right across the street from pretty much where Burger King is. That little. Um, uh, shopping plaza and uh, one of the instances of my father I, I had was uh, we were staying the weekend over there and my brother was like who's three years older than me um, was 10 years old at the time so he's like hey uh, we were staying we we're in the living room my father had left he's like hey you want to go across the street because they had this store that had toys at the time he's like I found a bunch of money I'm like what and we go to the uh, the living room he lifts up the bottom of the couch and there's nothing but fives and tens <laughs> just stacks of fives and tens so Jesus. Yeah. Come to find out, they would count all the money at the couch, and they'd take the fives and tens and stuff them under the couch and stacks, and that's what they would spend on. So yeah, we right. Across, that's what they were living on. Yeah, yeah, so right. That's what they would live on. So we went across the street. I'll never forget that lady's face. And we grabbed some toys and we pulled up to the register. And my brother just pulls out this stack of fives. <laughs> <laughs> and she looks at us, us like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> but uh, anyway, so they were, that's you know, hilarious. doing their distribution thing for a while, and then my uncle developed a sort of a, a habit on heroin and they were he was selling a little bit of that on the side and he had a um one night he was feeding and he had a storage unit out in arizona and he broke in to the storage unit to get you know a fix and then he left security guard comes by notices it's unlocked opens it finds all this weed he lives in california um and at the time when this happened he had the largest bail in california at the time um, because of how much cannabis and, so, and heroin was it was found. Like 300 on. pounds, you said? It was like 300 pounds of weed. And wow. I can't and so remember how and much. And it ties back to the Pineapple Express. So, yeah, so if you watch the movie Pineapple Express, um, the, the dealer in it, Paul, who's played by James Franco, his name is Saul. And if you go to the very end of the movie, his name is Saul Silver. Well, my uncle's name is Saul Silver. So my aunt ended up hitting him up and was like, got a couple of responses, but they used they basically just took his name out of a out of the news clipping. That's so fire! Like, yeah, that's sick. Uh, wow. Yeah, he was a good guy. He's dead. He passed away recently because of his habit. Who saw that? Yeah. 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 Hey, well, rest in peace. That's. Yeah. That's a dope story, and probably yeah. uh, can you just imagine? And what people, I some, I think a lot of people don't realize, and I never realized this. The the that is you want to talk about experience and adrenaline rush, like they oh, are. These imagine. guys are getting lucky all the time, most of the time. Right. Right. You know, like stories. that's really how. It, and you see that, like some of these guys have gotten away with shit, and I I can see how some of these stories get formed of like, oh, this this person might be you know a rat or has gotten caught. A lot of times there is just. It, it's it, the motto's true is that the criminals get lucky all the time. The cops just have to get lucky once. You yeah. know, like that, and I don't like to use the word criminal, but in the sense of when it gets outside of the cannabis realm, I do think it's a little bit more of criminal. And when it's organized, it is somewhat of a criminal organization. But I get the you know the point. Any infrastructure that's effective like that, though, you mm -hmm. you gotta admire it yep. for for what it does. High level for how they develop their business doing prohibition. Like that. You know what I mean? That's why you know I give a lot of shit to trap stars now. Well, but who like, do you think Spud uh, was that? You know, like and and so they were, they were moving someone's weed, and depending on the time era, you know what it was. I mean, oh, they were getting Pablo. all the, the herb from Mexico. It was being grown, and basically, you go down there and you go, you know, into Mexico. You get on this. They'd have a, a car waiting for you. They drive you to the middle of nowhere, and then there's just this hotel in the middle of nowhere. 
There's nothing. With a hotel, you, they put you up in the hotel. They know everything about you before you get there. They basically put you in this hotel, say, what do you want? They take your money, come back with your product, and then you get your product and leave. And I, nev it. I never knew. They never said where it was in Mexico. Right, 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 right. That's probably not, yeah. It's probably smart if they did it. Yeah. Well, he, that's what he's like, yo, they know, every, they know everything about you before you get there. Right. You, know, you just can't fuck up. If you fuck up, you end up dead. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. See, that's... Well, having a longevity to a relationship that there, though, would probably be very lucrative for both sides. Well, it starts with... And this was all for outdoor, like probably, huh? Oh, it was all right. <laughs> yeah. the, the dirtiest commercial you've ever seen in your life. So, so you... So, so we'll it's see, the it's level of a, The definition of brick. Yeah. So you talked about the solo cups and coming home and or, or and seeing that. Did you ever get to see or was that excluded out of your life? Like I you never talked got about, to see the, the big... No, they like never... Like what that ever. ended up developing into nope, or what it looked like or anything? I would see the trash bags at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> where I would show up in high school, like, you know, rarely when I'd see him, I'd show up and literally before parties and he'd be like, yep, just go downstairs and get a little bit of butter. I'd literally go down with, and grab two handfuls and stuff my pockets full of weed and leave. <laughs> Wouldn't even put it in bags. So were you learning it all back then? Like I know. Like to grow I, outdoor or you didn't bother to try your own I didn't thing know. It? So I didn't, I had a really uh, bad relationship with my Yeah, father, you weren't so. liking it so much. No, for no. For what it was. No. The impact. See, that's, yeah, well, it wasn't necessarily that. The, his, that didn't really impact my life more so than just how he was as a person. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I developed a love for cannabis after I realized how much it helped my ADD um, in, sc in school, even though I didn't finish because of the problems that just smoking cannabis a lot created for me. Mm -hmm. Um but um yeah it yeah being younger too you're yeah. you're just learning your relationship with cannabis to be yeah. honest with you so but uh, if you can see any benefits out of it like you were talking about you've got to take the good with the bad and figure it out as time goes on absolutely is that probably yeah. what it happened for his, you? It def huh is that kind of what happened for you absolutely yeah but it wasn't his lifestyle really that impacted me the most um i don't i don't I guess it was just the first time I ever grew with my best friend, Peter Doerr. We just grew, popped a couple of seeds, and I grew to, um, we grew them inside for a couple months right before summer, put them outside, and they got to like 10 feet tall. Yeah. And it was the, the most giant pot plant thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, we ended up, someone ended up taking them from us, but. Um, oh, just, the way before they got. <laughs> yeah, we grew, we grew right uh, in a neighborhood yeah, where we really shouldn't have done it. <laughs> but they were just so massive. I was like, oh, man, we got to do this again. Like, the, just the prospect of the money and the way I grew up. Um, I grew up uh, pretty uh, poor. No, I guess you could say more, more on the poor side. So just the prospect of making money for myself, you know, that's where it that was attractive. That. Yeah. Yeah, it commit, yeah. So every year after that, I kept growing outside <laughs> when I could. And then... Two, you know, two, three years after I had my first son is when I kind of fell into it after I stopped uh, driving a truck. Um, I got an opportunity to go grow for uh, like a 3,000 square foot grow in town Portland um, with a guy who had a really, really small room growing um, and needed some help. I helped him um, expand his grow quite a bit. Um, and then we had to part ways. But, mm. That was recent or fairly? Uh, that was like four years. Four years ago? Five, actually, no, it was five years ago. Five years ago? Yeah. Um, it just was like, uh, I, um, how do I say it? Uh, he kind of screwed me on some, some of my work, um, and our business relationship was just not going to work out. Um, so we had to friendly part ways. Yeah. Um, so we did. Um, we're still friends today. 
Um, so I moved on from that. Um, a relationship in the industry with other people. That's what I've noticed is probably the most, uh, like any business, it's one of the most difficult things to absolutely. find a, a good fit or yeah. something that works for both ends, both parties in it. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think um, you go through a lot of those in the, and I, I guess I keep calling it the industry, but maybe it's business when you're self-employed. So from a business, self-employed business end, uh, that's where it can be, you're going to have those head-ons a lot more than if you're working for somebody else in, in a different occupation. You're not going to know those battles occur. Yeah, and I, that, th I think it transcends all business. Kind of, and I think this, uh, this other little part with the uh, cannabis industry and then sort of investors where I was doing really well inside my tent at the time and growing some pretty fine product, mm -hmm. and someone took a thought they could take advantage of my work and, and my labor. Um, for their, you know, on a, on a pretty big, massive business gain. Um, and then when you start asking, you know, for, you know, um, I guess you could say a fair share, things get kind of squirrelier. Where's all the money going mm -hmm. um, type of deal? When, you know, people, I think there's been some investors who've preyed on certain, you know, small level growers um, to try to get it done for them. Keep them on the thumb yeah. as long as possible. Yeah, yep. exactly. Take advantage of them. They're, <laughs> their passion and their labor. So that had to set you back a little bit and where you were hoping to go forward and develop in the industry uh, for yourself. Absolutely. I, I How'd you a, recover off of that? Um, I didn't really, so my, my ethic, I guess, in life was I just don't give up. Um, yeah. It didn't matter to me. Like, I'll start, and even if it happened today, something happened, I'd go back to a, a closet and start with a couple seeds if I had to. You know you can make it work. Yeah, I'll make it work. Um, yeah. It's just, you know, uh, willpower, human willpower. You can do anything. Um, you were talking about the size of grows. Is is that something worth repeating or bearing repeating uh, the the model and how you've set it up as far as you've got a fairly good size operation going now, right? Mm -hmm. You've 12, worked into that twelve thousand square feet. Yeah. yeah, there's opportunity to grow a lot of product in there. You have to be confident about how you can successfully continue to grow at a larger scale like that. You were talking about the regularity of almost every week uh, pull downs when, when yeah, you've got it running the like, way you um, are? Your cloning, I feel like your cloning process dictates everything. Mm -hmm. You know, as long as you're cloning at a rate that you kind of want to be able to harvest and you have the veg space and the flower room to do it, to keep those cycles going, you can do it as fast or as spread out as you want, really. Mm -hmm. And I mean, in today's market, if you can get it faster to market and grow more, you make more money as a business so oh yeah sure yeah the yeah the more especially right now it's just keep it's, them bumper crops coming <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of bumper crops on a setup like that yeah <laughs> you're growing um how many strains do you like to include in a in a particular room at a time uh, it sounds like you got an opportunity if you wanted to monocrop or even yeah that's just where go i'm at right now is just yeah. monocropping and i think i'm going to dictate each room to a specific strain because you know different strains grow different have different veg length you know veg times yeah you not the first if you can pair them up yeah so i can pair them up there's been a lot of people that have said because that can you know i feel like that can mess up your schedules if you're trying to you know keep everybody the same moving in when not everybody's growing the same veg wise yeah that can kind of mess it up or slow you down in certain points so knowing i know it can i've done it but how often do you end up all right so you must have spent a little time with a lot of the strains prior to on test runs to see development and watch it in veg and watch it in flower? Well, a lot of the strains that I've gotten are just acquired from clone. 
Okay. That I've gotten from other growers to start up. Uh, I started some seeds a while back and got going. Now I'm just getting back into it. I've, I've just recently popped some seed stock that I've been sitting on for a while, um, like Face Off OG. I want to bring. I'm really, really want to bring back some blueberry turps. I don't think there's enough blueberry turps on the market at all. At least good ones. The family of Maine, yeah, right? Because like, because I respect anyone that was grinding in the prohibition. Same. So it's like, it's like at this point, it's like air quotes, pretty damn easy to legally grow weed now. Yep. Right, and sell weed. It's like a full. It's almost foolproof in Maine. Yep. So yeah, it's really. like, there's I think no... it's pretty easy to grow good weed. Yeah. I just think it's up to whoever wants. To... I mean, all the information is there. Yes. It's not rocket science. Right. It's gardening. No matter how many, how much people want to try, it's always going to be gardening. Yes. You know, I think it's just up to whoever wants to go out there and look for that knowledge, gain it, and work the hardest at the end of the day. Right, and that's and that's what that's and that's what it's about because, like, for me, it's like it's really it's really uh, it's really refreshing coming from a, such a prohibition state and being told like I'm a loser for smoking pot and like talking to guys like you that like oh yeah like I caught my dad growing pot it's like I wish I caught my dad growing <laughs> pot you know what I mean yeah, like I wish yeah. and it's just like that's like the energy and like the power that like you can say that though because that. you've yearned for that though yeah like for, for us it's almost always been a part of me right yeah. uh, really right and, and that's an, an easy and, part and, of and me that's what, not like, to if, say we didn't get our break up here but there was a lot of outdoor if you knew somebody, you could always get a little bit. At right, least. it's like it's like, oh, it's like someone who's I was trimming with someone the other day. They're like, uh, "Did you? Do you remember the when you'd get bugs in your weed?" I'm like, "No, nah, bro, I never had outdoor." You know what I mean? It's like that. Even that little bit, like I could never relate to because I got brick weed or like I, I, I'm really lucky. I literally went from brick weed to like California weed overnight. Yeah. So so yeah. it was like it was it was like it was like oh. So it's like, there's really no, like, I, I had some beasters back in the day. They made them down to Pittsburgh. Um, but other oh, than that, beasters. Oh, dude, they were the <laughs> Smoked those for bro. four years in high school. Dude, beasters. There was, only, there was only two strains of it, too. There was, like, that really beautiful, kind of, like, really rock-dense yes. kind of shiny stuff. Then there was, like, that grass. Wet, <laughs> grass. grass. Yeah, like, that, that those are the, the two grass. strains you've got. Yes. Bold and rocky or grass? I think um, which one is better? <laughs> the bold and rocky. People nowadays. We're talking about people that are like a privilege in the cannabis industry. People nowadays, like right now, they're just starting to smoke. Are the most privileged. They've never smoked Eagle Twenty Bud. Like wow. I don't know when I have, but I know I have at some right. point. Like there's no way. I have been friends with some greedy fucking growers, as we all have. And there is no way they are smoking out rooms just getting on that. the concentrate game. Right. I, I don't know how I'm sitting here with some of the stuff that we smoked, getting into the blasting game where we were open blasting and you know turkey still baked. Yeah, I came in a little late on that. So bad. More like butane then. Oh, so bad. And red hot. Yeah, I was telling them last, I, was, I was telling them last episode one of my one of my favorite things to do at college was I got the t stainless steel turkey baster shoved that shit up got the coffee uh, coffee filter <laughs> got my water yeah. different colors dude I was a G bro <laughs> didn't have any dab tools so I used a paper clip and a razor so like oh my uh, God. so like, yeah dude uh, you know you, you always have to find the purest butane you know and it's <laughs> yeah. just like oh shit the head shop ran out gotta go to Home Depot you always look for that vector was it filter fourteen yeah yes <laughs> there was gotta get that filter fourteen times yes. it's gotta be filtered you know? everybody was tweaking the open blasting game yeah, there were dude. always alterations between where everyone it was crazy I'm glad I had my kids before that. Came about. Yeah, but so more than likely sterile from that era. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more likely sterile. Or something like that. But like, Dude, I don't know. Oh. So it's, are you, 
you think uh, people? How, what are your thoughts on on uh, BHO now and where where it's at? I'm uh, I right so I I love everything. Oh, no. So I, I'm a before a gardener. I'm a connoisseur. Not a fan, are you? No. I'm a connoisseur first. Um, mm-hmm. So as long as the resin is properly extracted from properly grown <laughs> cannabis. Um, that's I'm where your okay comfort zone is. Is I'm it, com- is cool it fair it. to say though that you're only comfortable probably smoking your couple brands or people that you that you know, like for reputation? Yeah, I would wise? say that for the most part, if you know that brand and their practices and the type of equipment they're using, absolutely. Anyone you want to like shout out in particular, like BHO that you have come across, or like companies you know that they're doing it right, you like, and it's no hitting anyone else. Um, Someone that you've made first off, uh, Team Green. Those are, those are the homies from Westbrook as well. Yes. Um, yeah, no, we like the same with the, uh, Levi and Steve, other dudes I grew up with from Westbrook. So it's good. Oh, you we did? All, yeah. You guys grew up? Oh yeah. Uh, Steve lived right around the corner from me. Um, did you ever do any outdoor with him? No, I did not. Oh, okay. They were just so like his, him and his crew were just like a year or two under my crew. Uh, so like, it was we all, all knew, different. We all back knew then. each other. It was all different. Sometimes in business, but like we all, you know. Enough difference. <laughs> but now we all kind of like, awesome. yo, you know, we all want to see each other shine, so it's cool. Yeah. Um, Team Green. Um, I smoke a lot of. Um, I've been seeing some of their flower in a in a dried form now. I hadn't seen it uh, before up until recently. Yeah. Is it some okay? Yeah. Oh wait, so. no, I, I haven't seen much of their flower, honestly. I was down. In, Mostly just their hash. Is the yeah, it's almost always been the hash. My introduction to them were the diamonds. I think it was the Stropicana. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I think it was, and that's pretty recent. So I didn't get to mm-hmm. come across anything before that. They're, they're, and they're, they're, they're the green logo with the three with the, yes. the three res, the three yeah. uh, trichomes. Yeah, yeah, yes, I love their logo. It's very recognizable. Yeah. So who else? Who else? Are? Uh, I smoke a lot of Refine and Oasis's product. I think they're great. Uh, they, I think Refine runs the stuff for Kind and Co. They're right up in my hood, so I'm mm-hmm. always there. And Refined I lo- I, uh, Sean. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure that's, that's yeah. He's a he's a Pittsburgh homie. Yeah, uh, no, no yeah, he is. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, yeah they do a great job. I smoke a lot of Conning Coast product. They do a great job. Over yes, there. As, far, as far as I'm concerned, they got the best BHO um, for the price in Greater Portland. You know, um, the flavors they have. I love their kosher. Um, they have like a Ghost Train um, guava, I think, cross right now. But it's always terpy. The consistency is kind of like. Wet, wet batter, you know. So mm-hmm. I love that consistency as far as BHO. I don't like shatter. I don't like no. it at all. No, I think when it comes to shatter, the process is kind of baked the terps out. So it sounds a little bit more like batters or, or yeah. go in that direction mm-hmm. if you're going to go that way. Yeah. Is it, do you think people are leaning towards the batter more because it is like kind of some of it actually resembling rosin? As well, yeah, I think absolutely. you, you yeah. eat with your eyes first, and I think the same rule applies most time with smoking. That's right. why I think color plays such a big impact for a lot of people is like, you smoke with your eyes first, you know, like with that, you really get like that, that mental stimulation when you see something that looks, to me at least when it looks like wet and I love when you grab and there's a little small, like crystalline almost. And it it really is like a, it's a pretty cool, enjoyable experience. And I I think um, I compare the whole scooping a dab and placing it into a banger and the heat up process of like the addict, uh, of you, like why they like say people most? like smoke a cigarette. Like it's the whole process. I love also of it. And I think usability too. Like, so like, I don't smoke diamonds and sauce. I just don't. I, I prefer my ca- cannabinoids mixed. You know, I think you're separating the THC a away from the rest of the things, and you can kind of like take a fat diamond dab really with a little. Remember bit when on diamonds there. just came out though? Remember how hype it was like when it first hit the market? Wasn't it like 165 dollars yes. for like a fucking one like I think gram? I, rem- I think I remember at was it that the high? community oh, bonfire oh, in Gorham. 
someone trying to from, circa someone from Massachusetts, of course. <laughs> oh, those guys. I, mean, yeah, so I think it was this, I think it was this chick. I, I swear, I think it was this chick uh, selling it for two. It was just straight diamonds, two hundred bucks a gram. No, yeah, I remember something. I remember seeing similar stuff like that. Uh, Um, was what like, was it? Legal, legal pieces, which I'm also. Legal pieces also uh, was selling, <laughs> was selling. Uh, Local icon a store uh, for quite some time in the Lewiston area. How much? How much was it? I guess. I Survey guess. says. <laughs> he owned the market. He owned the market no, because so, he was one of the but first it was, stores. I remember. I, yeah, he was, and I got my med card there, so I can't say much. But uh, you just it was one hundred and sixty-five dollars. <laughs> For one diamond. This was, and this was not that long ago. This just shows you how fucking crazy this four, market is. Maybe four years ago? That's when they were at their most received. Maybe that makes sense? Four, yeah, four, four, five, yeah, yeah. something like that. Jeez. We're not that far removed well, from but, when it was still a huge game like that. But, bro, remember in, in Pennsylvania right now, they literally, took, yesterday or whenever I posted that, they were selling sugar for $94 a gram. That's, that's before tax. And they bragged those with their new prices. Oh, shit. I can so be, the I can be there in 12 hours. I'm <laughs> yeah. out. That's what I mean. Yeah. I mean. But hey, you know how much it costs to play there in Pennsylvania? I, if, if, no, this goes to anyone out there. I have land. I have a storefront. If you got 1.5, we can make it happen. Yeah, you need, PA. like, capital and stuff. Like, you have to, like, show yep. proof of capital. Yeah, but I got the land and the storefront space. So if anyone wants to throw some money in PA... We can make it happen. <laughs> well, you were promoting that last time. You're really pushing that. <laughs> Shirley Family Farms, baby. Some, <laughs> somewhere there's maybe one, maybe one extremely wealthy businessman who just heard that and goes, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, <laughs> Son no. of a bitch. Right. <laughs> hey. Believe it or not, there's probably cannabis people who hear that. Hey, but also, yeah. hey, that's that's no hey, but that's hey, just the truth of how big that ask. money needs to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You don't get if you don't ask. We also just so you know, we uh, verbal agreement. We will take a five percent off the top because we did facilitate the deal. So if you do end up going through it, Derek Shirley, we will help you. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. how shit works. Hey, dude, but my people be sliding the DM hella silent, dude. I will never forget. Like I talked to this one person, and then oh, we can meet up, and like. And they ended up having more money than I have. And I was like, I can't work with you. I just can't. You're not from here. I don't know you. And it's just one of those things like, dude, if you answer the right DMs, you can become a millionaire in this industry. You could. You could. You can yeah. still play a game if you want. Yeah. Uh, easy it's, enough. And it's like, it's sure. like, it's so, it's so scary that like, uh, and people don't like, dude, I'm talking like, in my opinion, I, I'm a fucking <laughs> lunatic. So what does it matter? But like, I'm talking like after summer, bro, shit's going to get even litter. Like Lydia, see, so everyone thinks it's gonna die down, dude. But for the growers, can we bro, get that in a sentence, please? I, I think it probably <laughs> will be pretty dry till like early light depths start coming in. Like, uh huh. Uh huh. That's, that's what I've been hearing. And then, you know that'll drop the market back. That down seems to a be the bit. consensus. But, yeah, I guess. But even then, it can that's, someone. Uh, that's about is there, it, How long is it going to September. take from a grower's perspective, uh, Jesse? What do you think is? It, how long is it going to take? To get the market wreck ready, because if there, if we, there is no way we have enough, even with light depth, even if I think we give another well, three months of people building, but if, with, if, we, if I don't think there's enough marijuana to supply the market, and I don't think people are going to instantly cut off like they're, 
I don't think people are going to cut off connects that aren't necessarily tied to non. Well, I think uh, black market uh, things are going to stay because people are always going to be addicted to tax-free stuff, yeah. regardless. And that's just like any industry; people are always going to fidget with numbers. Yeah, and that's mess why with moon Yeah, so that's so I think like my question is is where like when rec comes, I think there's going to be another drought, and I think Maine. It's, it's if the out-of-state money stays out and this lawsuit does, I think you may have a really good market for a decent amount of time where people can make a good amount of money before it starts to dr- before the cash flows start to dry up. I per think se. they'll keep being droughts for the most part until the Massachusetts market is able to produce more uh, better a, quality, better quality, and they don't have that. But know, there's that group of people driving to Southern Maine every sure. day Amber with carloads of people picking oh, up their Macs. There's Everybody in the car is picking up their Macs and they're going to you're 10 different spots. Right. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Speaking I've, of heard that Massachusetts, from, I've heard that from dispensary owners. Yeah. From a cultivation yeah. standpoint, Massachusetts <laughs> is, making a, is making a very big push into the Maine market right now and in a hostile way. Dawson wanted me to bring this up. I don't have the exact notes that I almost wish we could get my phone call in. When you say um, mass from a state level? Yes. And so there's a, there was a um, Amber Horizon it somehow ties into, I want to say they had some space in the building. There was this massive warehouse. Cupcakes Cannabis was in there and a couple yeah. other places uh, all share the same facility. And there was 35,000 square, 35, square feet, I, I believe that was available on top of what they had. And they all had plans of build-outs for big rec facilities. Basically had already put down payments, signed agreements, were waiting to get onto the docket with the city. Uh, and then one day, basically what happened is one of the guys came through with the docket and said, I got something to show you guys. And I said, what? He goes, there's a tier four recreational license attempting to be pulled for the entire facility from one company. And it's wellness something. It's not wellness connection. Dawson already did the research. It's another company that has a couple dispensaries or owns like one or two of the dispensaries that are in Massachusetts. And they are, that's like a, and they're, they're just trying to take it. And like Dawson said, these guys could go to another warehouse. They could build one. It's, it's a hostile thing. There's so thing. many they're, warehouses they're, when you drive the pikes in mass. Right, it's like, dude. what? Why well, no, are they, they, but like, they're coming to Maine. Why are they want, growing their well, one? It almost makes Maine. you, if you grow cannabis in Maine, like, man, why can't I try to get well, you know, a residency and, down here and try to set something up so they also, have to stop coming? You can't buy land. I, I know some people that are down there fucking killing in these micro growers. But think bro. about Probably. how hostile. I don't want it to overshadow. We can't let it overshadow the point of how hostile this, how hostile the take really is. But it's mass, on, bro. They're going to come hostile as hell. What do you mean? Like, but I, I mean, like, it, I think that has to be... Southern Maine is turning into northern Massachusetts pretty much. Yeah. Than later. I, that's bold, and I love it. I agree. I mean, there pretty much Bangor. So from way, Bangor what, up from is a whole other country. Yeah, 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 right, right. You're 100% right. We're dividing into three territories. Yeah. Yeah, we are. What? How come? Like In what way games. is Southern Maine resembling more of mass? I, I'm not down there enough. I'm not feeling it up here in the LA area as much. I think. What do Portland, you identify? Uh, Portland's just like a small mini Boston. I mean, if you think, yeah, Portland has a, a what was it, 712 square feet for 350 fucking k. Like, are you kidding me? That is so ridiculous. People are paying 2k for one bedroom apartments. It is like unbelievable. Nah, no, downtown Portland, like, I and mean, it's only gonna get worse. I, 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 I lived in down. I just moved out of downtown. You got there Portland. on the cheap, right? I lived on there hella cheap, right down downtown on Oak Street. There, it mm-hmm. was uh, 925, everything included. Uh, I moved down over to South Portland, got a two bedroom for 16. So it's like one of these things where, dude, in downtown, even in the dopest spots, like even if you lived on Congress Street on the roof, I mean, you're looking at like 18. There's some that are like 32, but like, but dude, like you're living like a boss in that 32. Like I, we looked at some of them that were like just stupid expensive just for fun. And like, dude, like, and it's all just honestly, if you're spending $3,200 on fucking rent in an apartment, bro, 
Like, I don't think you're worried so maybe about it is a coming lot. To that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you ain't, like, that's like your fourth place. You know what I yeah. mean? But I think they, it just—it doesn't matter. Place it, for the side it goes check, to speak you know? to the fact of how it's turning. And those are Boston prices. That is something you're going to see in Boston. Yes, you're going to have your six thousand uh, dollar a month penthouse in Boston. There are them in Portland too. You know, there's million dollar penthouses for sale in Portland, and like that's. So I get what you mean, and what a lot of people are saying. You go through the Falmouth, Yarmouth. You go to Scarborough for Christ's sakes, and at the Starbucks, it's G Wagon, Tesla Model X, Range Rover. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you'll, I saw a Lamborghini Urus the other day. Yeah. You know, it's like so there is big money that has moved into Maine. Some well, extremely the progressions big money. out in the country for it more too. It yeah. Makes sense. The more you can get yourself away with your grow and still remain within reasons where you live. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes and big money uh, vacations in Maine. It, there's something someone was telling me. My friend, uh, he lives in Booth Bay, and uh, he was a little, he was a lot worked in a lobster room for a little bit. He's from Cape Cod, uh, and he said Southport. He goes, yeah, man. He goes, I'm pretty sure there's something like seven billionaires that live on Southport in Booth Bay. Seven billionaires, like, and there's one person in Maine that's a billionaire, like the Bibby, like the you know, there's other people, like that's technically a resident. So it just shows you there's there is a lot of money that has been in Maine for a long time. And like, so it, it, they've been waiting to act up too, in a sense of like, you don't think these people are looking to expand their portfolio in any way possible? No. So oh, and no, it, doesn't, it, it does not matter if, they, if, they've had, yeah. if they've had vacation homes here, or whatever, if, they, if they love the state of Maine, they're gonna be hostile about it. That's how big money acts, because they wanna take over and, and they wanna make it hurts very bad. The, um, Ow, my the out-of-staters oh. have always supported the uh, the coast uh, a great deal more than what we're seeing it progress and into the mountains too it's they love the northern part of Maine as oh, yeah. much as Mainers love the Moosehead northern part Lake, of Maine. Sugar you go there if you can areas. the Jackman area just yeah. or mm-hmm. right out in Bethel but so I think cannabis and the people who are growing the hiker trash is have out a in chance Bethel. to be a be a part of that as well I mean we're really looking to strengthen Maine's economy uh, mm-hmm. when it's all said and done as a as a unit. But as individuals, you're just trying to make sure you're floating, doing doing well, and keeping things in 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 line and proportions with what you want to do going forward. But from for, a capitalist perspective, long? could one make the argument? I do. I hate to say that I see it, but I see it. Could one make the argument that <laughs> if you can't survive against a, a big corporation in the sense of if you're already in the market, I get it. Like if there's limited barriers to entry, are you really not suited for it anyway? Like shouldn't the creme always rise to the top? Yes, like I totally sh- agree. Um, what, like, what stopped? Like, like, think about all the beer companies that were out when Bissell Brothers started up. What's you know? You think they were like, oh my god, look at all these big fish out here. I can't. Yeah, they I'm were. Never gonna be able to. Yeah, they were them. good. Bro. I just think it boils down to passion, hard work, and how bad you really want it. You're in one of the you best can, states to fight big, big companies. If you absolutely. think about it, Maine is a great state to be a craft company. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and th- those are th- moving forward. I feel like those are your two only options in the canvas. You've got to. Either try to go on that super big level, or you better try to, you know, bang in the craft market because those are the only two I feel like. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's going to be a lot easier in the craft market than it is fighting the big cannon because I feel like long term capitalistic, um, Maine will probably become a top tier producer if it ever goes federal. Um, in the United States. That's what I think. Oh, yeah, because just because if you think of land prices, too, well, for the states that would become heavy producers first off, Massachusetts, Oregon, a couple others, a lot of those places, land's expensive. In comparison to Maine. But what, you know? but, but what you said last episode, though, you, I want to touch on a point. Land's is very fertile. It, but when, soon, when federal goes down, though, you got to worry about like states like Texas and Florida <laughs> that can just dump the production rate. Yeah. 
quadruple what man can just by simple size. But, yeah. And because like whatever. Uh, but like, honestly, we never have to worry about Texas. Like Texas, if Texas will probably threaten to secede for like the sixth think, time in one year when they no. find out that weed's going to become legal. Texas don't fuck around. Don't yeah, they'll be big. I think they'll be top tier, you know, big, you know, giant commercial producers. Quantity wise. I don't think you're, you're saying quantity by quality. Wise. By your quality. Quantity will be down in Texas, but they ain't going to be pumping out. Quality. You're saying quality yeah. top quality tier. Quality will always come from Word. like Maine and okay, California cool. because of our climates. And I think a big advantage Maine has on everybody is our water. Mm. We have some of the cleanest water in the country, and we're growing weed with it. You're yep. able to pull from a well? Uh, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, and even then, when it goes through any kind of process in other spots where I know it grows, it's still, you're right. I never, I mean, you know when you're in a bad water spot. It yeah. can be so counterproductive to the plant. Yeah. Isn't that true? Hey, why don't we, so I like, the, I like the, the fact of, I think we want, I want to, let's take a quick break. And then I want to dive. We're fine. I want to dive right into the to the cultivation aspect though, because I think we've been skimming the topic of like I want to dive into like your cultivation, what you do, what you use, you know, and, and some of those questions and things like Absolutely. that, you know. So just take a quick gear shift. Well, let me ask a quick question. Yeah, I got yeah, one more. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I got one yeah. more too. Um, you guys were talking about earlier uh, the look of um, batters, yeah. or or not the look of, but you, how you like batter. Uh, we're getting into that. Um, what do you look for when you're eyeballing it? I, I'm not a, I, I, I've seen many from an orange kind of hue to more leaning on a pale or almost translucent type of look even, and even dark. Any, um, when any I see, basis when or I see any? the real pales or translucents, I yeah. always think either two things. It was harvested really early or it was cleaned most of the time. You want to see color. Yeah, um, quality resin is almost always, you know, has a gold hue to it, you know, light gold, gold hue to it. Some quality resins can be a little darker. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the thing I, th- I think people don't realize is some growers are harvesting early to produce that color. And a lot of the time we're getting, I mean, you've got a beautiful looking product and it tastes great, but the, the overall effect of the, the resin is not there. Like, you know, you're... You might feel same can be said about the for like 15, then as 20 well, minutes right? as opposed to something that was properly done and cured. That's the other thing with cured resin as well. Like I prefer cured resin to be made into um, BHO um, uh, resins uh, concentrates. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you like so. It's not a color issue at all. In fact, uh, give yeah, it give it, it a it, little it, body. It can't be too dark. No, <laughs> I don't want it to get no. too dark. No. What happens with the flavor when it gets that dark? That, that uh, you don't like, or is it the flavor at all? Those are loaded questions. No offense. <laughs> they yeah. Are they? Like, are they? Sometimes, like the darkness of it can be like plant matter. Like you yeah. never know if it's extraction process, if it's age exactly. of material. There's so many different factors that it is like a. That's like a hundred point answer. Like I feel like you were point one, point one a, point one b, and then yeah. point two. Like there's like, so. You, what there were you gonna so, say then? Well, and, and, that's and what I think it is. That there is you is a, could be a number of things that make it dark, and some dark extracts are going to taste clean, where some dark extracts are going to taste planty sometimes. And that's just like you can taste. I notice a lot of the older guys grow, you know, plants fully to where they're probably picking where the heads are a lot more amber than not. Mm-hmm. I tend to pick right when I see them start to turn amber. As soon as I see them start to turn, I'm picking. You think yeah. that's a weight? You think that's a weight thing? Because like trying to really get like the old guys are used to like growing for weight. For yeah. The most oh part. yeah. Like, that's really trying to juice the plant for like, yeah. almost everything it has. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So it's on the front side of the window of when you would typically harvest, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sure. It gives enough flavor. You're able to get the qualities out of it. You've started a relationship with Calicori, right? Yep. Um, 
can you want to talk a little bit about that? When, when exactly was that? I, I, I want, I want to say it was last year or later this year or. Uh, well, I've been, I've known Randy for, I met him through Instagram, you mm -hmm. know, just stuff. Again, like I'm a connoisseur first, so I, he, he loves uh, quality hash, so, I, so we kind of gravitated towards each other. And then he started, you know, washing with um, uh, Teddy there, and then he kind of separated and went on his own, and he was just looking for people to wash for, and we, you know, I was working at another facility in Gorham, we started using them. And he was making us quality uh, hash ever since. Um, so uh, a couple months back, he had—I don't know what happened with his spot. He, had, he was just looking for a spot. And yep. in my uh, facility, we had a, um, uh, a suite that we were setting up for a lab for a solventless hash lab. And we kind of just prospected, hey, if you want to, you know, kind of move in and wash for us, you know, we can. You know, we came up with a deal. Yeah. That yeah. Sure. Worked for all of us, and yep. he's in there. You know, part of his rent, he works for us um, oh, that's on great. our runs. So. And so. That's, um, Sorry, I just got to ask a question. I'm a big follower, suds and buds. I love Randy. But uh, uh, I just got to ask. I remember when he was looking for spots. Yep. I remember. And he, used to, he would say some things. He would say, if someone finds me a spot, I'll give you a... Did you accept that? <laughs> no. Because he posted that a lot. He, he was saying that. That. He said that he a lot. No. He was like all well, the we time. We did build a beautiful, beautiful Okay, I, I just want to make sure that wasn't part of the deal, like you were no, talking about. I, I was just double checking because like, he posted that a shit ton. I even was like, hey, man, I'm trying to find you a spot. I was like, I'm trying to find you a spot, you know? But I was really all, trying. In all honesty, too, though, we, uh, we're big fans of Randy, too. We mm -hmm. like the, the stuff that he does, the product he puts out. Cool dude, he was supposed to join us today. Some stuff came up. We wanted to get him over the phone. But we owe him, actually. We, we owe, owe him big time. Xavier owes us. That's why we owe him. Xavier deleted his We had recording. a recording that so. got deleted, and it was his recording. And this was maybe our second or third episode we ever did. Yeah. And uh, for you know us, what, Xavier, if he didn't it's, like it's a, it, it would have been I, I, tragic. It's, you know it's, I mean? it's a team, so it was all of yours. Thank God there's a mute button. Thank God there's a mute button for that part. I knew he was going to say something, so just had to hit that mute. <laughs> it was all of y'all's fault. We um we got GMO GMO wedding cake. It was cake. all y'all's fault. What what other flavors are you uh I have, playing uh, with? GMO. My staples are GMO wedding cake and sunset sherbet right now. Mm -hmm. uh, the wedding cake to me is the top dog. I'm hoping on the next test results she'll do 30, maybe a little over 30 percent um, total cannabinoids. Oh wow. Yeah, and she's mm -hmm. super tasty. All y'all's fault. She throws down um, kind you, of a Xavier. synchronistic story behind that is um, my grandmother, Mary Jane Noyes, um, was um, in end of life kind of uh, care. Mm -hmm. um, was she looking for medicine? No, no, no. She was on her end of like going ready to pass away. Oh, and, oh. Uh, uh, one of my partners now had, had a grow going and someone was running it and running it not how it should have been being run at all. It was filled, full of pests. But the wedding cake cut he had, and I knew where it come from, and I really wanted it. So I, I feel pretty confident in my abilities to get rid of pests through IPM. Um, so I took a chance um, in getting that cut, and yep. I washed it and was able to get it back to life um, right at the same time as my grandmother passed away. And the funny thing is, is her, her name is Mary Jane. Mm -hmm. And I grew, mm -hmm. I grew up with this woman. Like my mom was a single mom, like dealing with my father's shit because yeah, right. he was never around. Um, I grew up with her, watching her make wedding cakes, my, like for twenty something years. 
and she would literally like take off. Like I, I just remember my whole life, she would you know make the wedding cakes and she'd top the wedding cake, you know, to make it nice and flat to stack them. Mm-hmm. And she'd take those wedding cake tops and make these little like whoopie pies, where the which how which is how every whoopie pie should be made. But, you think? Yeah. Oh, I like the marshmallow filling. Uh, but, I do. But, uh, <laughs> That's another main thing I'll never understand. But I swear she's kind of looking out for me on that one, um, just with how well it There's a connection there between yeah, you, her, like, and that plant. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That That's wild. Yeah, no, That's so a good story. I feel like yeah, she's like, looking out for me on that. And she passed, an away, she passed away on the bo- during the Boston Freedom Rally last year. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I got to say goodbye to her, which was pretty cool. And I left, and I just... It was kind of a weird experience, but she's definitely looking out for me on that. So you talked about uh, popping seeds. What kind of flavors were you starting to think about um, looking into or to add to? Real gas flavors. I don't think there's enough like real OG Kush gas uh, sours. Like the sours are kind of becoming more prevalent now, but like real OGs, there's just not enough of it. Uh, a lot of the time when I see an OG and I try to get it and get my hands on it from uh, people, a lot of times it doesn't have that gassy, OG, funk, earthy, mm-hmm. you know, uh, skunky funk. So a lot of times it's fruity. So I'm trying to bring back a lot of these OGs that I smoked a long time ago. One of them, um, Face Off OG, um, OG18, which was some of the best OG I ever smoked, which is a cut I got from the homie Dankcepticon, who is the creator of another strain I'm popping right now, which is t- the T'Challa which is his burnt cream pie five crossed to Mac one, which I'm not the biggest fan of Mac one. Mm-hmm. I honestly think it's a terrible strain. I don't like how it grows. I think. It's, oh, you don't like the growth. It's it, didn't a slow bench, it, to, it didn't even make it to my flower room. Never. Never. Wow. I didn't like Usually how it people grew. give it at least that much. No, no I didn't. I, I, watching it grow and like thinking about, you know, production wise, it's just not, not how I grow like for training. It does. I like, Plants are a little stretchier between the nodes. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, when you prune that thing, it just stay f- short and squat. It wouldn't really kind of rise push out. up. Yeah. yeah. So I just wasn't having it. And you know, when you have a facility like that that's so dependent on yields, you know, I just I had other stuff I could play with that was looking great at the time. So I just went with that. Yeah. Yeah. But but the Tichala is amazing. Um, it, when he grew it himself, it was one of the. It's like a. I don't know how to even describe the flavor. I remember like sandalwood, grape, like OG kind of flavor. Sandalwood, grape. Yeah. You talked about uh, bringing blueberry in. Yeah, for I don't a think there's enough blueberry. Like, there, so yep. the thing with the blueberry, like I said, I did, are we talking uh, like the original blueberry of, so, of maybe even folklore, outdoor? So outdoor? okay, so absolutely. Outdoor. No, it's, it's not It's true. Like there was a cigarette. No, or yeah, you're fine. Okay, um, my fiance smokes. Uh, but uh good for her we're a dying breed <laughs> <laughs> literally i know that's why i said it and she smokes cowboy killers too oh well no no, <laughs> yeah, I mean, no. are these cowboy Barbara killers Reds. just in a different <laughs> <They're> packaging <mids. laughs> yeah. he's smoking the mids of cigarettes um, oh that's so wrong <laughs> you got to Everybody compromises somewhere. Oh, I'm sorry. So, yeah, we were talking about blueberry. Oh, yeah. Well, you so mentioned bl- grape, but. Oh, yeah. So, but. blueberry. So, I, mother of berry is great strain. Like, it's got that blueberry-esque flavor, but it's too, it's it got too much blueberry bread, blueberry yeah. muffin flavor for me. Mm-hmm. When I was, uh, it was like 2006 or seven. my brother was um, wifed up with this woman who had a brother who him and his father were or his father was like in the Saracens or something. 
but every year they would grow this blueberry outside. Uh-huh. And it was a straight Maine blueberry. Yeah. This was the best blueberry. I never got to grow it. You never got to grow never it. Never got to grow it. Never got my hands on it. And it's probably locked up in some old hippie's basement, <laughs> honestly. Uh, or some bikers probably got it. You don't it. blame them, do you? And no, I, not at all. It's one of those. That's, so that's, the, that's uh, the thing I think, too, moving forward, that I think some people are making mistakes on is like, you know, a lot of time, when it, especially with Instagram, every time you post anything, um, people are like, yo, I want that cut. Well, you know, can I get that? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, I think it's cool. Like, you know, people share cuts and stuff. Um, but I think from a business perspective, perspective, you should never hand out anything great that you found. You know, you should hold there's on to that There's been some work or, yeah, and, there's know, some like, work. Because yeah. there's always a bit of work and a bit of luck, too, when you're finding a phenome that really works yeah, well. Yeah, I don't know, maybe it's the selfish. The way you are looking for it. Maybe it's selfish, but I think, like, think about the people who found, like, GG4 cookies and... Like they're keep, well, they are, for the most part, keeping them strains to themselves, and you should always do that. But I think a lot of the time, especially up here, people tend to share cuts too much. So the, 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 the exclusivity of it goes yeah, away? Yeah, absolutely. Kind of? Yes, yep. absolutely. We're talking about a time. And that happens with all the best strains because everyone's like, oh, I got to grow that, you know, because they hear about this grower is doing a great job with it. They're making good numbers with it. So them obviously being business people. Max seemed to be something that attracted a, a, quite a following for a while, though, too, for, for some growers. So was it a different cut they were working with or, or just I think is the there a way of training it, just, it that would have been different than you liked? To have I think it was hype, with. too. Like it was a, a mix of like bag appeal and a lot of hype. Mm-hmm. You know, you can hype up a lot of stuff in this industry. I was a little bit surprised personally for myself what the flavor profile was and, and the attraction from a lot of people I to Mac. I, it never really resonated with me. No, it wasn't something I to wanted. To me, it didn't leave any sort of flavor in my mouth. Uh, even, you know, the concentrate, what I smelled <clears> from it, wasn't really very lacking every time I've ever tried it, even when it was properly grown. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I know you guys were talking more controversy about GMO. I'm, I don't look at it that way. I, I think we're happy to have a... Uh, a strain like that that's such a go-to it's heavily identifiable for patients and growers we yeah. all know what the hell it's about and that's the beauty of it we're not afraid to get away from it either quite yet we'll know when it's time yeah, if, people, if there, there comes a there time there were some great strains but let's savor what it's given us right now let's see what's happening yeah there were Variations. some great strains i think people could have older ones that people could go back and rework and really kind of bring back more local strains or you think on a worldly level even on a worldly level like yeah i remember smoking back in high school like ak-47 and and northern lights and i uh, think northern lights would do really well again yeah like a nice introduction back to it you know try try to see what kind of phenols are buried deep in there you know and and flavor profiles and then also going back to i think people need to go back to land races a little bit yes Mm -hmm. um and try to rework land races and then breed those land races to try to get the commercial um cannabis that you know desired can you tell me real quick um or or can you share with the people uh what a land racer is like what let What's a, the difference a, in it that, a land that's exceptionally is a, is different? A, is, is a genetic found naturally growing on the earth mm-hmm. that's collected from that seed stock. And then they keep that seed stock and distribute it. It's, so it's kind of a prized seed stock to yeah. work from to, yeah. to begin. Yeah, I think some people don't really work in with them. In breeding? Yeah. yeah. I think they're more meant for breeding. A lot of people don't want to work with them for commercial production. As far as I've come across, no, I don't. Um, what, I, there, oh, go sorry, ahead. No, sorry. Uh, I had some out in uh, Arizona. Um, are we talking about, like, the South African land race strains? Or no, are we talking about something totally different? 
That's one I'm familiar with, but I know there are other land racers as well. Right. Uh, Best Friend Farms is an outdoor grower as well as a, a breeder. And he, and he talks about land racers, reintroducing land racers. I don't know too, too much about breeding yet. I'm just kind of scratching the yeah, surface. Yeah, that's what I was going to follow up with. Are you thinking about getting into breeding at some yeah, point? Yeah, I'd absolutely for love to. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Right now, it's about maintaining what you got going. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're, you're needed there, and, and that's where you're Yeah, and just trying to get better at my craft every day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was one of those. Yeah, now we have fucking sure smell ordinances. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Well, you were protecting your livelihood. You still are protecting your livelihood. No, right, no, of course. Of course, right but no, I just yeah. think it's funny. Now in 2020, we have literally smell ordinances. <laughs> like, come on. Like, you just think about the evolution of they're it. Not, it's just mind blowing to me. They're not done fucking with you. No, dude, that's why it's it funny. You and it's they just love like, it. it's like, it's fucking crazy. It's just like, even like, shit, think about six. Like, I like to think of life as six month intervals, you know? Like, think of six <laughs> months ago, think of a year ago, think of 18 months, or yeah, 18 months ago, you know? And just like, in that cannabis evolution, like, shit, okay, let's big scale. Five years, just it. Five years of life, how much it fucking evolved. Yes. Like, that is scary. Yeah, I wonder where it will be in five years. Too, exactly. Especially with the handheld consumables, um, like cart- cartridges and stuff like yeah. that, where that's headed. Dude, it's like... Because like, I think that's going to be a major, major part of the market. Well, my can question figure is... figure how to cleanly is, pull that off. Wow, when is big, yeah. I think it's going to be... I haven't heard biggest, anybody say that, but we remember when carts were huge. I think... They were had a big population. The next is me thing? projecting, but like, I really think that you they will into be the it? future... Um, no, Are you thinking? Uh, no. Humans love convenience. Yes. I think the future is going to be owning a twenty-five thousand square foot sit building. Back, sit, up, sit back, roll this up, like get weed in your mouth, like you know what I mean. That's like, what you like. Resins, you smell like it. Like I think the live resin, you know, high terpene, full spectrum extract carts um, are definitely a step in the. The right direction. direction. I think uh, who's like going to be the next Kellogg's is what I want to know. Who's going to be the person that's 25,000 square foot building and 17 different brands out of that one building and yeah. no one fucking knows. Yeah. Like they're all the same SOPs, everything, but they are the Kellogg's that is pushing out the Apple Jacks, the rice, <laughs> cri- the, you know, the Krispies, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the cinnamon toast crunch, yep. the, you know, the, the, uh, you get what I'm saying that they produce all of it think and they have a like different that. label on Everyone it. Everyone has their, Different aspirations. Yeah. yeah, and that might be a bad example because I get like, but you get what I'm saying in the oh, sense yeah, of like, absolutely. who's going to be the person that decides? Because branding is everything nowadays, and you could totally have a, a warehouse that targets five different audiences, extremely like methodically mm-hmm. with the branding, and it is a hit with every different audience. I mean, you could go down to if you really want to think about it, the marketing and the strain choice of everything that comes out of it could totally be drilled to one customer base where that customer base just can't say no. Absolutely. You know, and that'd be so dope. I think, to Matt, that I think, uh, I think names and brands right now are all about who you are. Yep. Like main trees. You want to elaborate just a little bit? I, I don't know where the name comes from or the idea behind it. Um, I just, honestly, I, I got the name from my cousin, Lauren Sawyer, who's a professional photographer. Um, I just love Maine. I'm a local boy. I love everything about it. Um, you don't hear about, you know, where, when it comes to America, Maine's not really known for much besides like what, lobster? Lobster. You know, maybe, probably you lobster know, two I think, times. <laughs> I think cannabis is going to be one of those things. And beer. Starting you know, to get there in beer. Yeah, cannabis yeah. is going to be one of those things that just represents Maine. Like, you know, Maine. whenever I've traveled outside and people see, like, my necklace, and they're like, where are you from? Maine. Oh, my God, the weed in Maine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just, you know, I love the name. I just, for some reason, just stuck. I just absolutely loved it. She allowed me to 
she kind of had her own little. She was just posting a couple. Of no, the nothing font, will welcome the font you. and the look. It's got a softball. So nothing jersey. will welcome you into a circle though with neon. like from other people as if busting out a bag of like some main fire and rolling a good ass blunt. I swear to God, like yep. especially Massachusetts people, because mm-hmm. no offense to people from Mass, but most of the time they see the gas from Maine. Oh it's yeah, like a lot of people. But it's like if you go to a party and you whip out some gas, like it's like. People man, know instantaneously. Yeah. Be like, yo, where you get that? And yeah. like, did you have to get uh, the main trees Instagram, or did, did you, was it available, or how did you scoop? No, I've had it for since day one. Damn, yeah. that's a great snag. Yeah, I changed it a while ago to a company that I was starting up with a previous partner to Wildfire, but then I changed it back. I, I held on to it. Like, gotcha. Yeah, fuck that. I've had it forever. Right, right. No, because I, I, I was kind of like I, destiny. My, my, you know, a lot of people around me say it's just meant to be. Absolutely, that's awesome. Wildfire so. Labs. Nope. Just, oh, uh, just, just wild, it was just Wildfire Cannabis Co. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Evan wants to take five. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I love how he says Evan wants to take five. <laughs> <laughs> Evan is the only person. We were rolling. We were rolling. <laughs> I know. I was just fucking with you. <laughs> Evan wants to take five. One, Jesse, aka Main Tree's thoughts on GMO. What you think about it? There's a lot of controversy. Some growers hate it. Some love it. Some love to hate it. Controversy. Love it. But, uh, so he likes big words. Like yeah, that. controversy. I don't know. Trump controversial strain. <laughs> it is a controversial feeder. Too big, um, big words. For the most part, uh, I think <clears throat> she likes like cow mag. She likes light food. She doesn't really want a thousand watts of light, you know, per light coming down on her. Um, uh, I don't know what there's not to like about her, especially from a, a hashing perspective, too, with how she dumps. And, I mean, so you, you mentioned lights. Um, th- we had AJ on. He was big on CMH. He mentioned CMH and, and the resin production. Can you talk <coughs> a little bit about lights? What uh, The importance in your grow from a vegetative state upwards through, and if you don't mind sharing what you use in each of those rooms, you know, as far as the, the lamp setup. And yeah, the hood I use, and the in veg, I use Sun Systems, uh, LECs, they're the 630s, so you can run them at three, um, three, you know, run one 315 bulb or run both. Mm-hmm. Um, in short veg, uh, currently right now, I have them running at uh, 600, uh, 630, I mean. Um, but I think I'm going to dial them back, all back. I've noticed in another room I'm testing um, with them all at 315. They seem to like it a little better um, for a veg. Um, much, I don't know, the, the growth seems to how be How do you great. know, like, like what, how are they liking it better or why? Like, uh, are my they plants, just... they stack a little bit better. The, the, they seem to be, you know, much more rigid. Um, uh, directionally, yeah, rigid abs- directionally, yeah. Absolutely. The light, the, and the <laughs> light spread, is, it seems amazing. Like, um. So at 6:30, I keep them pretty high, like they're almost 12 feet in the air, oh, and wow. I can keep a I can keep a clone anywhere on there, even if I wanted it on the floor, and it's gonna grow perfectly. It's not gonna have those super stretched out nodes. Yeah. But they seem to be great, so I've been rocking with those for over a year now. Um, I'll never go back to uh, metal halides ever. No. No. Um, doesn't give enough uh, for the health of it, does it? No. Is that part of it, or is yeah, it penetration? Yeah. Yeah, the penetration as well, um, and setting my plants up to go into flower. You know, obviously you want to have them, I want them bushy, I want to have, you know, the plants to be rigid. You got a full plan, or do you clean it up to a trellis, or are you going up? So, yeah, like, they'll probably get, you know, after they get from a cloner into their, you know, their final pot, which is a two-gallon, they go into a a cup. Uh, They used to be solo cups, but now I'm going to transition over to these bio pots from um, Charcoir. I think that's how you say it. Um, from some homies that plugged me in from Mass. Um, one of the homies is the guy who actually gave me the GMO cut. 
Mm. Um, I love them. I think the plants grow amazing in these pots, and the, they provide so much airflow to the root mass. I think it's just is is huge. Um, so my plants are growing much faster. They're growing like I almost don't even need to top them. They're growing so bushy. So oh wow yeah oh really yeah. that spread out yeah that spread out. Um, so I'm gonna transition those in, and now I have those going in the two and their two and a half gallon pot, um, and it's just crushing. Again, you can in cocoa. That's the finishing size uh, for yeah. For my, uh, it was in veg my or? my finishing size right now is two two gallon pot. Two gallon pot. Yep. Um, and then now it'll, <laughs> if I transition to those, it'll just be a little over two and a half gallon pot, which is gonna crush. On um, I expect even bigger plants, bigger yields coming out of these. Mm -hmm. Um, and they definitely seem to like, so cocoa, well, there's, I think there's this, I hear this like this a lot, like you can never overwater in cocoa. Um, I think you can overwater in cocoa in certain pots, especially some of these root pouches, the smart pots, especially in the early beginning stages. Mm -hmm. I think they want like little to no water. Like you're kind of like my, a lot of my knowledge is, is based off experience and growing, um, not based off like, you know, reading books and trying to obtain knowledge that way but so all i can explain is i'm you're trying to like make those roots chase food out to the you know pot so a little water at a time until they start to absorb it you know once it you know you'll feed it and probably feed it another three days away and then slowly that three days will increase to one a day as the root mass grows so like you're only giving enough but once that root mass fills up a pot you can Feed it as much water as you want, and it will take it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, other than that, and that's like, when the roots are really strengthening at yeah, that point, and really absolutely. giving you that solid. But in that early stages, they want like little to no water. But no, you want them to stretch. Like, so it's almost like you want to water them enough to get close to it. Yeah. So it has to search for it. Yeah, like I don't have runoff. Yeah. I think that's the thing. I think I hear a lot too. I got You don't have twenty. Oh, you don't do. You don't really get. No. No. I'm shooting. I'm shooting hard to dial in um, to no runoff at all in my flower room. Oh, no shit. Yeah. I'm really close to it. So the that's going to just was, strengthen. I mean, if you're, you're playing a fine line game, though, aren't you, as well, for with the, the most plant? Part, yeah. I mean, but you've kind of figured it out. You fine tune it in, and it's just becoming much more efficient. You yeah. Know, for your runoff, your waste, all of it. You're just being incredibly efficient with your, your uh, water and nutrient. This has been a move on your part more recent in growing? Yes. In, in technique? Yep. Why... Um, what were you doing before that you felt like uh, was, was needing a change or, or needing a revisit? I was noticing it in the early flower um, when transitioning um, into that, especially. When it's starting to shoot up? Yeah. Yeah, um, that the, early? The, the buds would not, would not like, you get these little tiny nugs up top, little tiny, tiny nugs, and you'd have like these mid canopy nugs that would be perfectly big and formed. Oh, yeah, and I right, the way had, you that, want. That, that, was two, that was two factors in that. That was some overfeeding and overwatering that was mixed in with it at that time. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so um, I noticed it early in the earlier flower. But um, once I started to cut that back, and, like, and I've seen some research um, where cannabis has done better in drier climates. So um, it's a weed, too, like, you know. Better so. doing better. Um, okay, but usually with longer flowering times, so, right? Can it exist even... Um, a lot of the uh, the hot climate yep. strains have have a much longer uh, flowering time, right? Yep. So it's really about a slow moving development of a plant. Do you include do you include those types um, of strains within what, what you're trying to achieve with it, or or would that happen? Is this something to I haven't I haven't really explore. 
explored that far into that no. bar. I should actually take it now that you're saying it. Take That'll it be when that. you're looking into the breeding end a little bit more Abs for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. How achievable is that or what timeline? We talked about five years. I think it's going to change well before that if everything goes the way you're hoping yep. in a business sense and the people who are working in your... How many other people are working in, in the grow with you? Um, I have... There's me and four people, or me and three other people who run the grow. And then mm -hmm. There's some trimmers who are contracted to come Yeah, in sure. Here. Yeah, yeah. Um, other than that, it's uh, me and three growers, and I have a partner who kind of runs the business side, and then another partner who's a, who's a managerial. He just kind of helps out all around. Mm -hmm. But other than that, it's pretty much me. Um, Is it like a six-day, seven-day week for yeah, everybody? We're, we're, that we're kind of thing? seven days a week. Yeah. You know, we, we, we're fighting to get a day off most of the time. <laughs> uh, we're getting into it now soon. We're going to get into the group because now the place is filled up. But that's been the biggest thing is you got to always adjust. Every you time had to lay that out. That's a lot of – that's a difference in what you were probably growing before, if I'm not mistaken. Or, oh, or no, was so it something the, you had seen before? I was at before in, in uh, Gorman was a four-room facility that had 24 lights. Uh, and this is a facility that it's almost complete. We'll have 160. Wow. So. Wow. It was a in big division of, uh, In division of eight, is that? Um, yep. Yeah, okay, yep. right. Yep. That's, you're committing a lot e of yeah, veg. Each room's got 20 lights in it. Their canopies are about 180 square feet. Okay. Oh, wow. So, Mostly playing just one stream per veg as well. Or have you cut the uh, Now that my mother's stock is bigger, I'm going towards more towards monocropping. Yeah, yeah. so you can really fine tune. Um, the it's plants. not bad to clean uh, to keep as long as they're compatible plants. Keep yep. a couple that are close enough in yep. a lot of those. Yeah. Uh, I got a general question. I guys, that was very in depth. Uh, I'm I'm not very educated in the cultivation, so I always joke with people when I hear cultivation talk. All I hear is cultivation, 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 <laughs> cultivation, 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 cultivation. So my thing is, since you have a great uh, GMO palette, obviously, is there any other GMOs out there like that you personally like? Maybe not like, but you can show homage to as well that you personally like. I mean, obviously like, your GMO is fire, but like, we, uh, we know it's out who there. Who else is growing GMO? Yeah, or like, do, do have you tried anyone else? Like, Hills. Yes, that's just. Um, what else if I try? See, I've had it. I have it so much. I'll try so Royal Rivers 100 a. Are there variations in GMOs that you've noticed from trying one to another, so, or or is it kind of a been a lot of? I haven't seen any variation because I think a lot of a lot of the has the same baseline. People, yeah, people are picking. You know, like if they'll get like a cross of you know GMO and something, and they're picking a GMO dominant uh, phenotype, and I mean it's like you're. Basically, it's GMO, but like a slight, slight difference. There's, yeah, and there's then, almost uh, always going to be that is, character. Uh, maybe you can you can definitely answer this with the um, foxtail and some of the GMOs. Are we seeing that um, the way it's grown, or is it due to the uh, DNA strain? Uh, I would say more of it's the way it's grown. A word. And CO2 enrichment, um, and how far you take that. I, I took this round, uh, this last round, a little further. I usually cut it down to my CO2 enrichment back in the last week-ish week, but I ended up bringing it all the way, like two weeks. I cut it back, but um, they, I kept it all the way through this time, and they threw like almost like hands. Oh, oh no word! <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, I see. Some of them look like stars. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was, yeah. They look like Patrick the Starfish coming yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like definitely to see that. CO2 enrichment. Mm -hmm. Have you ever thought of making a move? towards like a light depth grow is that anything oh absolutely that ever um so i definitely think the warehouse model i don't know how how sustainable that is for the future market i definitely think 
uh, it's, you're gonna have to really work that 24 7 365 style greenhouse light depth style to you know work with the sun to really keep your you know numbers down um, to be able to fight off big canna I think it really you know that and that's the most sustainable way moving forward I don't know I've just it do it, yeah, call it, me crazy but is it possible because Maine I, I, I always just wondered why isn't there a way to utilize the outdoor cold air in the winter and supplementing it instead of using ACs like would there be a power trade-off from having like massive intakes through for outdoor like you know could you can you still yeah, what's dial the, in what's the technology to convert it what do you mean or, 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 so like i'm saying like you would only or, use it in the winter or, months to cut down on your cooling bill you know like so you, in the in the in the in the colder months say from end of november to the beginning of spring you theoretically the outside is colder and more efficient to be able to cool a room than generating so you're talking cold about air. the tech to capture that well, not yeah, even a the tech, just like, why don't people just use intake too, fans? Like, you're, a lot of time, you're, not, you're dropping your ACs, you know, power down in those winter months. Right. But mm -hmm. the technology to it's distribute that instant. air would be tough, like, because you got freezing cold air yeah. coming in. The moisture and ice that I see happening, I, I don't know. Right. No, that's a good, no, that's a good point. And that's a, in, it was, this is not from, like, a visionary perspective. It's just an idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It didn't sound like it was. I always just you know, moving. You know, it makes sense. This technology just, moving forward, you know, trying to. It probably could be applicable make, and maybe, like, a it more lighter or something. Well, you kind of touch on something really cool. What is, what are some of the issues that uh, is involved in tech right now that you've noticed uh, where maybe there's a shortcoming in the in industry and you'd like to see maybe improvements done on that? and how it might help what you're trying to achieve. I think we're on our way there. Lighting is obviously our biggest, one of our biggest power consumers. Um, and LEDs are definitely the future there, but that's a, you know, with the, with the way they're able to operate at such a low cost. Um, mm -hmm. But until they're able to penetrate as far as these double-ended bulbs and these high-powered bulbs, I don't think that's There's ever, a loss. Yeah, yeah there's a loss. You're going to see... You're using it for... to to achieve something different in the overall. Um, I mean, you strive, you mentioned uh, yield, again, yields you play a part. Integration, vertical grows happening now, which actually will, that'll actually probably be the future of warehouse grows. I think we'll definitely have to have the vertical style grows. There was a friend of mine who was talking about those. Um, the the text up here, it's a, about a quarter of a million to buy one or to have the package put together, which, in the grand scheme, that's pretty cheap, but you have a lot to understand. He said they were hoping to achieve about 140 pounds per harvest. And how big the room? I, the dimensions so obviously so are going to make a I difference about, on like, it. But I, when I think about that, that too, as well, like so that's again with the the power and penetration of double-ended bulbs that I see and get to witness is like so I look at this warehouse where it's like oh it could be 16 feet tall. It could have probably three tiers LEDs. It could, but yeah. these LEDs are only penetrating about a foot, foot and a half deep, um, for you know good marketable bud. Um, and then if you multiply that by three, that's only like three and a half, four feet maybe. Um, that's what I'm seeing with still with um, double-ended bulbs in the same room with mm -hmm. one canopy. So I don't know. It's it's always going to be a tough decision uh, moving forward, um, but. Yeah, 
No, it is. I mean, well, I think there'll be more offerings. I hope there oh, yeah. will be. They're as, on it as now. America, as America in general starts to feed into it, there's going to be a need. Yeah, that's Hopefully that gets passed down. Yeah, to that's the beautiful thing now is like all these professional companies <laughs> now as it becomes more legal and like the stigma starts to go away. I think that's when you'll start to see these amazing brands too pop up because they get to start working with these really amazing branding companies. Um, but And there are some companies that have already like um, that were way ahead, I think, on the branding curve, or like that have pushed oh, us. Yes. Like a couple shout outs, I just want to make. And these, are, I have no association with these people whatsoever. So, like, just some people I have noticed from a, like a consumer perspective. Afterglow done a great job with the packaging. Uh, High Peak, their edible yep. line and stuff like that. Great yep. job. I love Tastefully Baked yeah, presentation I think they do a too. Great job as well. I love the paint splatter that idea. I think it was really cool. I have to give shouts out to Randy. I think his branding's always been pretty yeah. cool on point. One of the only dudes that has somehow yeah. made the color pink masculine. Yeah, so. fuck yeah. <laughs> and the story uh, behind the calico. I'm waiting like, for him to go. It's pretty cool. Oh, I don't know. Randy. If he's told, you have to. I don't know what the the best because like it's more. It has to go back to Star Wars. Tell us where, the secondhand story. Uh, the secondhand story <laughs> is like that. You know, like that calico is like a thing that these spice traders or whatever the spice traders dealers in Star Wars land would carry and then they would each add their own little like trinket to it to signify their family so he put like the pot leaf and like the dripping hash oh but like yeah. i thought it was cool like the the, the whole idea behind the spice the traders and yeah, yeah there's it is. some cool depth to that yeah. so <laughs> you have to ask him to get the full story but i thought it was dope when he told me yeah no for jesse sure. thanks a lot for coming yeah, yeah in. thank so you so much i really Anytime. appreciate it appreciate you guys having me yeah all right have take care bye-bye <laughs> Yeah, I don't know that about that. Solve yeah. that. I wanted to see you solve the problem. Like reading is. <laughs> That's like. Have we? Uh, huh? Oh yeah, we're we're good. <laughs> yeah. Where are we at time-wise? Yeah, okay. We probably won't do it much more than 15 more minutes. Are right. yeah, yeah. No I don't want to keep from. It's another day, really. <laughs> I usually don't stop. What time do you go in? Uh, I'm at my shop every day by eight, like nine o'clock. Yeah. I, I got children, so testing, I kind of like, like to be able to wake up. With Isn't that what this is really? That's, I think, one of the most attractive things about the cannabis industry. You can live a life however you want to live. Yeah, like, your how, life. like, how, like how I talk. Like how, how you got to have the dedication to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Make sure you take dedication to the, the job. Cycle, like the way I grew up. I'm just not gonna continue that shit. So yeah, it was let's... a little rougher than. Mhm. Mm oh yeah, no. Are we Definitely ready for this? Sounds, sounds like it had that potential with who was around. By yeah. the way, yeah. Xavier got so high off smoking that GMO joint that I caught him laughing because he wasn't playing music for a while, and then he <laughs> pressed play all of a sudden. <laughs> I was like looking like you guys were having a conversation. I was like, why is Xavier cracking up? And then he was like laughing, and they kind of got together, and he pressed play, and I was like, oh, I was wondering why it's been. Silent. You can't handle your GMO, no. can you? Uh, I can't either, dude. GMO makes me quite silly. tragic. Does, does it you, really? How can you say that? This guy is on his seventeenth bong rip on the, the wedding GMO. cake. <laughs> I can't the GMO tests at like 26%, but the cake is up totally there at 28. Snaps another so one. So, what are you smoking? Uh, that uh, again. Is it fair to say um, maybe when you're heading into the grow or at the grow or whatever? I only smoke 20% or, I smoke cannabinoid profile. Just everything. Yeah. I like are it you, all. Do you have to keep it in a routine or no? No, it doesn't no, matter. Doesn't matter. Like I, I was going to ask, what's your nighttime? What's your during the day smoke? Your uh, preferred? Well, oh, I guess I should say there's certain things I noticed that like uh, certain strains that like. Um, are my go-to if I don't want to eat. 
basically. Like GMO is if one of the ones that gives me. Yeah, like GMO gives me bottomless pit stomach. Does oh, it? Oh yeah. Yeah, until I yeah, I just eat until I just like I'm ready to die pretty much. Yeah. Like uh, you're, yeah. you're wait, you're ready you're ready to die and you're like, wait, I got more. You know, like I can handle one more. You know, like I once, yeah, I, you pause for a couple yeah. minutes. You're like, you're I'm like, done oh. with this. Cause you ate so much shit right. in like three minutes. I once drank a bottle of applesauce a high on GMO. <laughs> I drank the bottle, like just drank it. Didn't get a spoon. That's not a bottle. That's a jar. A jar. Well, I a thought it was jar. a bottle when I was high. <laughs> and I'm still high on GMO yeah, that was right now. Really weird way of disguise. Something just made me feel really uncomfortable about it. And it was the fact that you said I drank applesauce from a bottle. And I'm like, from a fucking nah, bottle? I mean, a jar. Like, he left out that he, he threw it in the microwave the first. No, that's gross. I don't even own a microwave. Fun fact. Hey, but How come? Just dumb. And most, most food that goes in the microwave is probably not good for me. Um, I, I, or, 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 one, one microwave food I'm never giving up is Stouffer's mac and cheese. I love that oh, fake mac and cheese. I don't care who hates on that. I do. I love that. I do. Straight up. Yeah. No, but it's like anything I, I was ever raised put in the microwave. I see, I see, see my shit's even best. grosser. My, my shit's grosser. My uh, weak thing is fucking, dude, I can eat ramen by the... My every kid's day. addicted to chicken ramen. Raw, chicken ramen every day, all day, or beef. Like I can, I, I buy a forty-eight pack have, at Sam's Club. Have so. you guys ever? And this isn't Love like it. this isn't With to butter. be like, oh, are you cultured nah. ramen? But have any of you guys actually had like actual ramen? <laughs> yes, like, it is I so it. fucking it's good. Yo, it is crazy. It's, it's, it's on a whole nother level. Whole, I never How? realized that the first time I had actual ramen, I was like, this is nuts. my my secret. My ramen. How dare all right, they do that? This is how I do my cheap ramen, bro. This is how you do the real ramen. I use okay because they say two cups of water on the bag. You use one cup of water. Ready for this? And then you use a can of mushroom soup, and Whoa. then you put the ramen in. Right? Not done. Cook that shit up, <laughs> and then you put it on. And then and then you put that shit on like a pan, and you fry that shit up real nice. And wow. then you crack it. I'm and, a flavor oh, guy. Dude. Oh, I'm, ready, ready. I'm not done, bro. It gets even better. <laughs> and then, bro, you fry the fucking egg. And you put that shit on, yes. boom, that shit smacks. Over easy. And it's like, I'm not just making this soup bullshit. Yeah. Like, my ramen, like, is, I evolved from That's, that, yeah. you know? Like, I've been eating ramen for many it. years. Like, That's I'm a lot of work. Like, but it's worth That's it. That's Friday night. Bro, so easy, <laughs> though. It's like, if anything takes me more than 20 minutes to cook, it's not worth my time. But it's like, but if it takes too short, it's like, oh, dangerous. You know, it's like, I can't be that good. I Have guess, you ever heard of a cronut? And I'm going to give complete credit here to Big Turp, a.k.a. John Morrison, a.k.a. the owner of Cure and Chelsea and them, they went to New York and they found this thing, which is a cronut. It is a croissant donut. I spent six hours one night making those these. fuckers. And then let me tell you, and they weren't as good as the ones that I got, obviously, because these people somehow don't take six hours to fucking make them. No, they know and, how to uh, make them. Yeah, yeah, they know how to make them. I mean, yeah. yeah. I started at like midnight too. I literally went to bed at like 6.30 in the morning. It was fucking awful. I would never redo it, but I don't know where I was going with the whole thing other was than the good? fact that I would never spend six hours to make a How about Traducken? Oh, those are fucking disgusting. Never seen it. Ooh, Never I had one it. one Thanksgiving. Traducking, yeah. bro. Them shit's gas. You got a turkey, the chicken, and the duck. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like All into one bird, bro. It's like, what are you doing I in do, there? I do like duck. I do like duck. Yeah, bro, no, it's smacks together, right, bro. No like, way we're just oh. doing. No way we're doing 15 minutes unless we get right to it. Right, so sorry. what are we, what are we we're smoking? We're smoking on? GMO and we're eating. We're yeah. <laughs> thinking about food. That's what happened.